Good. It's morning here when we're recording this. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Arts for the Health of Ed. I'm your host, Richard Wilmore. And I'm Constanza Rader. And we have such a treat for you guys today. Uh, we're talking with Vera Oyeyaana, and she can correct my pronunciation if need be, but she is joining us from DC and she um, is with the Oye Palava Hut, um, linking arts, health, and wellness. They have an amazing program in DC and it's so, I, it's just so cool. I don't even want, I I don't even want to talk about it because like she's, she explains it so well. And anyway, it's so cool. I know we've been talking to her for about a half an hour before this, and I feel like we should have just recorded that and then been done with it because she has so many great stories and she's funny. And we're actually going to start it off with her with laughter, which you know I love. Um, laughter yoga. Yes. Did you know, Stanzi, that this week is Community Health Improvement Week? Ooh, I did see that. Can you tell us more about it? I hope so, because I have notes right here uh, on this card. It's June 5th through 11th is Community Health Improvement Week, and that is honoring those working to improve health and well-being of individuals and communities and advance health uh, equity. And I was doing some research on it, and there's I want to put that in the comments if my mouse works. There it is. It's too far away, and I'm not wearing my glasses. Um, but I'm going to put this... Uh, The American um, Hospital Association has a really great website with all kinds of of, of, um, things for healthcare workers, healthcare like hospitals, and then people in the community to kind of get involved. And they have a hashtag, hashtag CHI week that you can use. And their website is amazing. And they have um, some events that are going on this week. One of them is actually tonight, June 7th, a community development in practice. There's something on the 9th. There's uh, an entire thing, the 9th through the 11th. And these are all um, online events that you can go to. So I'm going to throw that in the chat, comments, whatever, if I can do this. Oh, now I have to press enter. (laughs) And how appropriate that we have. Auntie Oya with us today. She's working toward community health and using storytelling and the arts and, um, you know, that power of community to build community and build health. So we're excited to have her on today. Yeah, I think we should get her out here, don't you think? Let's do it. All right, let's start the show. Come along with me and I know you'll see that a song changes everything. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm super. How are you? Oh, I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for inviting me to be with you. I am excited. You might be my new favorite person. I I Uh, might be on board with that too. (laughs) Just everything like your the room you're in, your energy, your excitement. I love it all. So I'm glad you're here. We yeah, it helps. It helps to carry me. I I I'm alive. I'm alive. Every I, I'm healthy. Yes. I mean, I'm excited to just to be alive. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about your organization. But I would love for us to start with your laughter yoga practice to get us started. Okay. 
Yes, this is a good thing. I'm glad you asked and I'm that glad you're requesting it. You see, laughter makes everything light. Mm -hmm. Laughter makes you feel like you're on top of the world. Whatever worries you have, once you start laughing and it's spontaneous and what it does, it affects everybody. Have you seen anybody crying with people? No, but they will laugh with you. So what I do with all of the workshops that I do, we start off with laughing. And laughing yoga started with a Hindu practitioner in India. What he noticed that when you're laughing, you 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 become yeah, you become a renewed person. And now I have tools that I use, but today, uh oh. <laughs> today, yeah, right. So one of the simple things I do, I I want want to be a singer. I always wanted to be a singer, but I, I never had the voice. So what I will say, okay, I am going to go to uh, American Idol and I'm going to win some money, a lot of money. And I'll take all of you who helped me win to Africa because all of the Americans, all of you, you can sing. I can. And the way I've been practicing. So I asked a lot of the children or everybody at work, I asked them to help me and said, okay. So now I have to clear my throat a bit because I am a storyteller. I'm not a singer, but I'm on the beat and I want to make this money. So <clears throat> you clear it. <laughs> and I go, go away. How does that sound? It's better than I can do. Oh, the commitment. Oh my gosh. I can make it jazz if you want. Going down, going up, going up, going up, going up, going up. If you're just listening, oh. you're going to have to go and look up the video of this because her facial expressions are we might have priceless. to turn this into a video only not even audio <laughs> so now i would say to them so what do you think is in now but and i've had it where people have paid me not to sing oh no they've I paid mean, you not to sing don't sing because That's a let me good tell gig. you in a cancer center so for 10 years i work with patients in cancer wards are four hospitals in Washington, D.C. But when they get the news that they have cancer, that is devastating for a lot of people. So I decided, well, what I need to do is take music down there and laughter. So when you come out of that room and you come into the waiting area, I'm there. So if I'm not playing Bob Marley, then I'm laughing. And so the patient comes in and says, well, what kind of crazy woman is in here? And then the watchman, then they start laughing. So they've just been told they have cancer. But they're laughing because 
it's infectious. I am laughing. Everybody's there <laughs> laughing. So you're laughing. And then somebody will say, you know what? Don't sing no more because I, I <laughs> do my foolish fear. God say, yes, yes, $25, please, please. Just, just don't sing. I, oh, okay. I won't sing. So then I thought, well, people were paying me to stop singing. This is a fundraiser. You know, they can make it work. And and that's what <laughs> that's what it's done. So but the children, what I what I like about kids because of their honesty and they don't have any filters. So I'm in a hospital room. So I go from room to room and I'm talking with this patient and I told her about my singing. And so I started. She said she was a voice teacher. Oh great, you can teach me. And I went, go up! <laughs> and then the little boy says to his grandma, Mom, she can't sing. Ma, let her stop. On his own journey, don't say that to the lady. She's trying. So she's she's trying to keep on straight face. And the little boy said, Ma, she can't sing. <laughs> Eventually, I say, you know what? I agree with Junior. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> and then that's the end of it. But that's what it does. So once you start laughing, you can never be upset. Mm. There's no question that is stupid or somebody. You can't be upset. And this will carry you through the entire day. Nobody is going to take that away from you. And so I start off with laughter. And then what I'm telling, I, 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 I mean, it, it's a great, I have a great time. I, I think everyone else has a great time too. And see, it, that seems um, very apparent. <laughs> I'm having a good time. I want to know how you pitch this idea to a hospital. Because <laughs> hey, I'm going to go in. Right. When we go in and pitch the idea, it's we, we hire professional singers. We hire professional <laughs> artists to come do this work. And you come in and you're like, I'm going to scream at them like a cat, like a dying cat. And <laughs> make them laugh. This is why you should give me a grant to do this. So I'm curious, like, yeah. what you're, how you do that. How, how you. Yeah, like, but that's what's so true in organization. This organization hire performing artists, performing and, 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 and artists to come and work. Yeah. Work in hospitals, cancer centers. Because like I said, those, those are difficult uh, uh, things to hear when somebody tells you you have cancer and the family's all there. And so for 10 years, this nonprofit organization called uh, uh, Smith, it used to be called Smith Farm, now it's Smith Center. And so they hire performing and visual artists. And so I would go in to take you on a tour to Africa, anywhere you want to go. So one time this lady said she wanted to go to Las Vegas. I said, okay, let's go. <laughs> we went to the bar. We ordered martinis. We started. She says, oh, let's get another 10 martinis. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> she said, but let's keep doing it. And, and she had a great time. So what happens, the minute the patient start working with you, the patient forgets that she's in pain. Mm -hmm. 
so the, the 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 activity especially the laughter takes away the pain so mm. the patient will later on say you know i was in pain but i'm not mm. you know so i Ever teach that and, and another thing i often used to teach them is telling their stories because the thing they would say to me well there's no one to listen i said no go to the stove go to radio shack buy a small recorder because in storytelling two things you need you need to use your imagination and you need listeners guess what you'll be your own listener take take whatever you want for record and plus play you play hmm. and then you can be your own listener so don't wait for hmm. people to show up you mm. pretend because even when I want to rehearse as a solo person, I use the mirror. And mm -hmm. again, uh, you know, tell telling them about laughter. Yeah. Go to the mirror if you want to start laughing early, man, and start making this. <laughs> this is why I wanted her as close to the camera as possible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is the best. I it reminds me of a quote. I and I'm not gonna remember it, but essentially it was like laughter turns tragedy on its head and it allows us to be a victor instead of a victim when you know we we anyway when we when we laugh especially when we laugh at hard hard things or laugh at ourselves when we're being silly i i want to hear more about your organization too um can you tell us a little bit about um about oye Palava Hut. Tell us about it. Tell us the idea behind it and what you what you guys do. Well, I am a storyteller, professional storyteller. And uh, so I teach communities, schools, community center, how to tell their stories. And so we do everything about Africa. I will take you on a tour. So we go through the music. If you want to play the djembe, the African drums. If you want to play the keyboards. If you want to dance. If you want to tell your story. So we do the entire spectrum of activities. And the kids have choices. So Palava Hut has been around since 1993 in Los Angeles. And then here we started 1996 and so this is what i've been doing i work with um, a lot of artists i've worked with a dancer I work with a drummer you know all of these are all masters so our activities high energy and uh, first class because all of these people and that's why i always have to look for grants to pay because the one thing I want to make sure that the artist is being paid. And so we do this three, four times a week and it's after school. And sometimes we have special events. So when, when we are coming up with our programs, we invite children. Believe you me, if children could 
write their own checks, I wouldn't hang with adults. I would hang with them. <laughs> One thing I like about kids, I've never heard a kid say we can't. Mm. When we started, to, oh, let's do it, let's do it, let's do, do, do. I, I mean, whether it's jumping up, I mean, and I like that. I like that energy. I like the fact that they, they're excited. You take the same information to most adults. Oh no, where are we gonna do this? Uh, who's gonna call somebody? Uh, you think we can really pull this off? So when I'm with the children, I never hear that. With the adults, that's what I hear. And so I bring them to the table with me, and I take their ideas to the adults. The other thing I let the children know is I work for them. We work for them. And the teachers say, oh, don't tell them. I said, I need to tell them to empower them. Because if the, te- if the children are not there, who are you going to teach? Mm-hmm. And a kid one time did ask me that question because I was in one of these low-income neighborhoods and I didn't know the children well. They were not interested in what I had to say. And they were misbehaving, so I asked each one of them to leave the room. Well, with 15 kids, I had none. Then one kid, seven years old, he comes back and he says, where are the children until here? I said, oh, I asked them to leave because they were misbehaving. He said, but who are you going to teach? I said, you're right. No one. He says, you want me to tell you how you can get them back? I said, yes, please help me. He said, okay, let's go to CVS and buy some candy. I said, candy? I don't want, he said, you want them back or not? This is their choice. You want the kids? I said, he said, then you gotta go get the candy, okay? So I went with him, we went to the store. Then he comes back and he calls them, she's got candy, he's making this announcement. She's got candy, everybody runs. And then when I bought licorice, so I'm going to, to divide, I said, oh, you have to share where they're giving each other the tiniest pieces. <laughs> and I said, oh, that is the answer. Well, you, I can't give them all of what I have. I can only give them this much. And I said, oh my God. So one, one thing I found out, I often tell, ask the children to teach me how to teach them. Hmm. Okay, and it works. Once you bring them in as a partner, you don't have a problem because I often say, but I mean, one thing they will do, I used to have another one, I put her in child, shut up! I said, oh no, you can't be screaming. <laughs> shut up! She screams. I said, oh God. <laughs> so the minute, and the, the other thing we work, we have a, a nutrition program where they become chefs where everybody wants to be a chef and then they start giving themselves French names. (laughs) They connect cooking with France. Oh, my name is Pierre. And then they come with an accent. I mean, how I find you all come up with this. (laughs) So they're the best people on earth to teach, really. I, I have the best time. I look forward to meeting them every day when I get through with this interview I've got a session Mm -hmm. and so now the new program I'm teaching them is 
just appreciation. Mm. So I'm teaching them about the great jazz masters because jazz is America's indigenous music. Mm. And so I taught them about Charlie Parker. You all know Charlie Parker, the famous uh, uh, sax uh, saxophonist. And so this little kid comes to me, she's five years old. And I said, I tell the story about Charlie Parker. She says, no, Auntie Oye, his name is Charlie Brown. I said, no, this because she knows how Charlie Brown is a Charlie Brown. So she thought I was making a mistake. So she pulled in my coat, no, Auntie Oye, it's Charlie Brown. <laughs> tried to tell her about Charlie Parker she wouldn't listen so I gave up then I would bring in a real saxophonist Herb Scott who graduated from uh, Ellington High School and so he would bring and explain the, the instrument to them and tell them about uh, his school so as soon as this guy shows up, this kid runs. Are you Charlie Parker? <laughs> no. And he finally, are you Charlie? No, no. Are you Char So finally, she asked me, well, whatever happened to Charlie Parker? I said, you know what? I don't know. He died in the... What did he die from? I said, okay, that's the end of this guy. I don't know. You asked me about the man. I, I don't know what happened to him. But they have a curiosity about these people, Ella Fitzgerald, all of these stories I'm telling them. And then they get to color. We have the coloring paper and pencil to color the, the, the artists. And they can sing and the songs. It, it, it's amazing. So I'm having a lot of fun with them. So I'm doing things that I would love somebody who did that i took music appreciation in africa and that's so i know about a lot about jazz which is america's indigenous music and so the children now are having a good time and we're teaching because the kid who was after who told me about charlie brown she's five years old and she's in kindergarten because i had said i only wanted to start with the kids from second grade but i told them you know set even the babies if she, just send everybody you know <laughs> i wouldn't have any age restriction because if a five-year-old could think this up and to pull my coat and say no you you give him the wrong name <laughs> because she knew charlie you know charlie brown and i'm talking about charlie parker and they called me yesterday. Oh, can you please come and do a summer camp? The kids were, I said, nope, I'm booked. I can't. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very busy right there. It sounds like it. I, I want to take a quick break. And then I want to hear how you even got into this world and into this life that you're now living. I'm very curious about if you did something before that and transition to this, or if this has always been your life's work. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Ante Oye and storytelling and laughing and bad singing after this. Yes. 
Whether you consider yourself a musician or not, music is all around us and it affects our everyday lives. Whether it's background music influencing our shopping habits in a store, organ music adding the vibe to a baseball game, or a playlist convincing us to keep going on that last mile of a run. I'm Minty Peterson, host of the podcast Enhanced Life with Music, where we take a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives through the lens of science and health, sports and entertainment, business and education. You can find me and Enhanced Life with Music at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast or wherever you get your audio. Unleash the power of music. Medical professionals are burning out at an alarming rate. Burnout can cause health workers to feel hopeless, trapped, helpless, worthless, depressed, sleepless, and tired. By joining the Hearts Need Art Gratitude Grams program, medical staff receive a personalized email and video from a musician, an artist, or writer once a week that includes a message of thanks, an encouraging song, uplifting poem, or a simple art activity. After watching their Gratitude Gram, participants report feeling more hopeful, empowered, energized, and appreciated. If you are or know a healthcare worker that would like to receive free gratitude grams, please visit heartsneedart.org. And we're back. Now, I want to hear how you even got into what you're doing now. Um, And if you always, I'm always curious if people always knew that it was arts and health or if it was just like, I'm doing this fun thing to distract them. And then you started making the correlation between the two. Well, I got into this. Okay. So as a storyteller, I was recruited by an organization. They they were looking for artists and recruited me to come and work with the patients in the hospital. I had never done this. And uh, because as a performing artist, so you do story, dance, and different things. And they said, oh, well, we will go, we need, they were going into a black uh, hospital, Howard University Hospital. And this organization is white owned. And so they had a recruiting and somebody recommended that they call me. And I went, uh, had the interview, and that's how we started. And I, so I knew nothing really about cancer, chemo, none of this. But it was so interesting because you see the transformation of the patients right there before you. Uh, I'm talking about the woman who wanted to go to Vegas or somebody wanting to do something. And... It, it, it was just so, so interesting. I, I, I met so many people, but I didn't think they were going to die. And so that was the only sad mm. part of what I had to do because I would come in to meet with the president and I would come the following day to only to be told, oh, she expired. The first time mm. I heard expired. So what is it? Mm. Uh, a, a library book. I didn't know that's what they referred to somebody expiration point, you know. And and it it would be sad. I would go and meditate. I'm a meditator. I would go and meditate, cry a little bit, and go back. But it it, it was sad. But I I met some of the most amazing people that now I'm, as I'm telling them my story, then they start telling me their story. 
and this is what the restoration is coming through and it, it, it was it was it was fascinating i i i all of the people i met everybody died but mm-hmm. i have such fond memories of these people like uh i got a cd and i got a grant to do a cd from a lady cancer patient she was dying i didn't know she was dying and she was telling me stories she was telling she grew up in a, in washington dc in a and the place called black broadway this is where all the black stars african american stars would go and she knew all these stories about all these different people and i asked her how did you know all these stories she says from under the table i said under the table what's that well she and her brother the family entertained a lot and guests would come people like duke ellington would come to visit them and so they went underneath the table so the people did not know they were under the table listening and i said oh my god at that moment it was revealed to me to do a story and name it stories under the table consuelo Mm -hmm. i'll never forget it the following day when i got there to see consuelo she died that night Mm -hmm. i believe she just brought me the information and so i won a grant and I did this stories with, with and the name of the, the CD is stories under the table. But uh, like I said, I this this was new to me. I, I had no idea I was going to be doing anything like that and loving every moment of it. It was I, I met I met amazing people. These these it it, it was whew. It took my breath a lot of times, and I'm so grateful I had this opportunity. That the other sadness, I work with uh, sick children, and this one kid, she's about ten years old, and I went to see her one day, and she says, "You know, I'm I'm going to be dead by tomorrow." You know, kids because they don't have enough filter, they just matter of fact, "Oh, I'm going to be dead by tomorrow," huh? Hmm. She says, because, oh, they have given me up. Really? Mm. I said, how about you? She said, I'm giving myself up too. <laughs> I go, oh my God. How can, how can a little kid say this? I mean, oh, I'm, oh my God. So now imagine trying to sit there and keep a straight face. The only way I could do that is through laughter. I had to tell funny stories for myself. Hmm. So that's 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 where the healing comes in, because this kid had resigned herself. Oh, I'm leaving two days, but I I couldn't handle it. So let's start doing stories. I tell one funny story, she tell a funny story, and we're trading stories back and forth. Yeah, she was right. Two days she was dead, and all I could think about was the happy times I had with her. Hmm. Yeah. so how did you go from that to starting your organization? Oh, well, I always had the organization, but of course, oh, I see. Like, I see. you come to a new place. I was just doing this for the for a minute. I still did my uh, performing 
So my performance, yeah, my 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 I started my organization ni- 1993. Uh and yeah, so when I came, I came to Washington DC um to do a program for Bill Clinton's inauguration. That was 1996. And it didn't happen. I was too embarrassed to return to LA. So I just stayed. Now, mm-hmm. I, I was foolish enough. I, well, I didn't know in Los Angeles that people send you money. And I, I didn't, my organization wasn't a nonprofit. But when I came here, I was told it had to be a nonprofit to be able to receive money from the, to the general public. And so I would have organized uh, West African dinner theaters. And mm. in that theater, you're coming to dinner, but you're coming to learn. So, for instance, I may do one country, Ghana. So I would do the food, the fashion, the history, and the culture. And people from that country would be there. And that's how I started. So when I came to DC, I tried to do the same thing, but then I met the children and realized, you know, the the only people who were really listening to me were the kids. The Mm -hmm. kids wanted, so I would go to the market, purchase food. and, and, And when you're talking about African stories, invariably you start talking about food. You start talking about a lifestyle. What the children from this uh, organization wanted to know, uh, yeah, about you, how you got here. So I asked them, where do you think Africans get their food from? And they said they hunt for their food. I said, okay. I'm from West Africa. I live on Capitol Hill. Where do you think I get my food? So you hunt for your food. From where? Rock. Creek Park. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at my 30 kids. I laughed and they were looking at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Where do you really get your food from? So I told them about the open air market and all of that. They said, well, can you take us to the market? So I went to find a grant and, and the, the organization of the school said they didn't have it. So I went to another organization, right? So I decided, okay, prepare food and show them where the kids came to to this event. They didn't eat, they wanted to ask, how come the rice is red? Then I made chicken, I roasted chicken. Where's the box the chicken came out of because they used to get the the chicken in Kentucky Fried Box. Where's that box? And where's the box the juice came out of the Kentucky and And then I said, Okay, you gotta go to the market. Then this one kid asked me, Can you do an African food workshop? And that's how I pivot. And from that day I decided, you know, these are the people I'm gonna give the information to. Mm. Yeah, and I, I do things for adults, but I'm it's very expensive. So mm. I, I decided because all the recipes, even the kids who can write, they they know how to make guacamole. They know how to make this, and you know whatever you know, they have a retention and they become chefs and they know how to do this, know how to do that. They, you know, and kids have given me recipes. 
I got mm -hmm. is spinach and cilantro. The kids said, because you know, we know from spinach, you know, from 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 the the uh, the the character. Popeye. Right. So that he said, oh, the, the, the spinach is bland. Can you mix it with something else? And one day I'm mixing it with cilantro and I think, oh my God, this is nice. And we ate it with couscous. Ooh. And I said, oh, Aaron, this came out. Aaron is still cooking today. He says, okay, let's do it. And we made couscous and, and that. So that sounds delicious. I, I, yeah. So the other thing, all of them know how to make fruit salad. We make fruit salad. We have a chopper. We have everything, and we use yogurt dressing. So everybody I've worked with, every kid knows how to make a fruit salad, hmm. and I can never make enough. They will <laughs> eat it up. And, the, and and yeah, and so it, it just it just became it's like I've been doing this my whole life and I like I said I'm enjoying it because the, the children come up with ideas and they ask questions. So when one person when you are the chef for the day, then you will ask your friend, what is this? How do we put this together? Why do we put this together? So mm -hmm. they they can give them that explanation. And because I'm giving them the information, I want them to take it home to their parents so they can cook with their parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to be cool. I want to be selfish and keep you here all day and just talk to you. Uh, but I know you said that you have a session right after us, so we're almost out of time. But I know you wanted to talk about uh, your flashcards, uh, so I want to make sure we bring that up and tell us about those and what you do with them. Yeah, the flashcards, like I said, because a lot of people don't know much about Africa. And Africa is a vast continent. And people are easily intimidated by it. So, okay, like a question is, what is the call and response? When your siblings call you, when you hide, one person call out and a group answers, or when you try to find your clothes? Okay, so we got the 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 answers right there. So What's the, the answer? answer? What's the answer? Call and response. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, when you call when when somebody calls, one person calls and a group answer. So that's what's called a response. Oh, okay. gotcha. The other one we have, what are the drums used for in Africa, apart from music? A, to test students. B, to cook in. C, to communicate messages. It will be mm -hmm. C, to communicate messages. So these are the things, you know, we share with them. And then this, your shekere. Shekere is... Uh, it's a percussion. It's in a baby's toys, a percussion instrument made from a gourd, a big, long earring made from seashells. So that would be B. How many countries are there in Africa? 25, 30, 55. So these, yeah, these, these, are, these are things I'm sharing with them. 
this yeah so they they get the card and we're able to have discussion and uh uh they don't know because nobody has told them or somebody told them and they forgot so it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter you just gotta keep working with them and telling them and the way i prefer i prefer that they ask me anything anything i don't know we can go on the internet and find it you can find it on TikTok, probably (laughs) i would love for you to come back and like spend the entire half an hour like building a store like showing us using sanzi and myself of how you do that with with a patient storytelling yeah i think that'd be so fun to just do that and and watch you work because mm. I would love to be a fly on the that wall. Nice. That would be really nice because one of the things in fact I'm doing on third okay I'm teaching children how to tell okay you know what a griot is right a West African griot it's a storyteller and griot mm. is French for storytelling and so want to teach teaching children about your family so you are going to interview your family ask them some things and then you can come back either you can do fiction or you can do reality it's it's up to you because again using your imagination and i tell children all the time and one time this kid did this with me she told me her father had roommate and they lived in this big house and the cook and he lived in pennsylvania and she lived in dc but I, I didn't really, I, I was kind of concerned. How come she always going to visit her father? He could never come and visit. So, but the story was so compelling. Three days later, I see the grandmother on the street and I told her, oh, China told us this fabulous story about her father. She said she's never seen his father. The father been in jail since she been born. So, oh my God. So I said, but don't let her know that I know the truth. But she used this as a story she wanted. Mm. I didn't know that's what they call the big house is mean jail. Mm. I I didn't know. Mm. So she's telling me, someone who's not uh, come from her culture, and that, yeah. But that story was amazing. Mm. Because... I mean, she took me to the house. I sat at the table. I was in the kitchen. And I go, oh, my God, this is fabulous. She's never seen her father because he's been in jail. Wow. But she used her imagination. Yep. Oh, so good. The work you're doing is so important and beautiful and thank you for taking time to come on and share it with us this has been so much fun and thanks for making us laugh and sharing stories and this has been so so great thank you so much for coming on but thank you all so much for having me but if you please send me the the um email and send me your address i can mail you all the flashcard so you can see what i'm talking about and send you the cd that the woman you know on the stories under the table oh that'd be beautiful how can people best um 
uh, connect with you? Is it through your website or yeah. TikTok? <laughs> no, <just> not TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> website. Go to the website. Yeah, go to the website. I don't know how to even go up to actual TikTok. <laughs> It's a story she'll tell. I think we talked about this before we went live, but it's a story she'll tell the next time she comes back about her her love of TikTok and then how she gets all of her food recipes is what I found out before. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good. We started with laughter and we ended with laughter. So we're going to stop there because usually we end up crying. So we'll stop. (laughs) We'll stop with laughter. Yes. So thank you for watching and listening wherever you did those things. Make sure you subscribe. And continue to do the work that you do. Continue to do the work. And thank you for all you do. And thank you for taking time to have me. You have been my day. (laughs) You made our day. This was great. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, well, I don't even know what to say. I love you, and uh, we'll just see you next time, everyone. Keep creating. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast produced by Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers, in partnership with the National Organization for Arts and Health. You can help others learn about the healing power of the arts by subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen or watch. The podcast is hosted by Richard Wilmore, co-hosted by Constanza Rader. Our theme song, Songbird, is written and performed by Natalie Lane. Visit heartseedart.org to learn how you can support our mission to create joy with people facing life-altering health challenges. Join us next week to learn more ways you can create arts for the health of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Heartseed Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast.